You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here for the next hour solo until 4 p.m. Eastern on a busy, busy Monday. Tons of injuries to recap from the NFL weekend. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88. And check out all my work at fulltimefantasy.com, uh, waiver wire. Fab article will be up tomorrow. Uh, we'll have a waiver wire article on SA.com tomorrow as well. So plenty of content to have you guys covered. If you have any specific questions, you could always ask them on the message boards and the forums anytime. As a lot going on here uh, from the weekend. So we kick it off with some of the breaking news. Uh, in case you missed it, you're just joining us. Cowboys wide receiver Michael Gallup will have arthroscopic surgery to trim his meniscus and he will miss two to four weeks so there's no structural damage and it doesn't look like he'll miss a lot of time and uh, it is a tough break for those that have Michael Gallup who was someone that I liked a lot this year and expected big things from because we did see him come along last year in the second half of the season in his rookie year Uh, he really started to improve and get better there he could even had better numbers last year but Dak Prescott and him just couldn't connect a couple times. But we've seen the Cowboys offense really come out and be aggressive, a lot more play action, a lot of pre-snap motion under offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. And Dak Prescott playing great football right now. Yes, it was against the Giants and the Redskins, but you know those are teams you're supposed to put up points to get if you want to be a good team. So Gallup in week one, seven receptions for 158 yards. And in week two against the Redskins, six receptions for 68 yards. So he was being very productive uh, for where you drafted him. And now he is going to miss two to four weeks. So uh, tough break there. Obviously, Dallas still has a good receiving group. Amari Cooper uh, will be the number one. Uh, Randall Cobb has done a nice job in the slot. So, you know, he sees a little bit of an uptick in targets. And uh, Devin Smith, I would think, takes most of the snaps in place of Gallup. And Smith was a second-round pick. Back in 2015, had a good week this past week with a touchdown, three receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown. And the Cowboys this week play the Miami Dolphins. Last I saw their 20-and-a-half-point favorites. Dolphins were just abysmal, losing at home to the Patriots this week, 43 to nothing. So, you know, I could see Devin Smith being added in the Fantasy Football World Championships for cheap. You know, obviously... I don't think he's a must-start, but this week against the Dolphins, you know, pretty much everyone is in play for the Cowboys. Now, we did see the Patriots kind of spread it out, and that could be the case. But, you know, if you're kind of desperate, maybe you lost Gallup. Maybe you drafted an Anthony Miller, and he's not doing much. Maybe you lost a a Sterling Shepard, and you're really thin. Uh, Maybe Devin Smith comes into play in a deeper format with 20 roster spots. But I would think they're are better options on the waiver wire, but certainly is a possibility. Uh, James Conner, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, the knee injury is not serious. So they're saying that it's manageable, and if needed, Jalen Samuel.
he can be productive. But, of course, we all know that uh, the big story there in Pittsburgh is Ben Roethlisberger. He's going to have season-ending elbow surgery later this week. So uh, he is done. And uh, not a surprise after seeing him not come back in the game yesterday because he's typically a guy that we always see get banked up and come back in because uh, that's kind of what he does. We're kind of accustomed to that. But he could not get back in that game yesterday. So Mason Rudolph will be the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he looked pretty solid in relief. He was good in college. So I don't think it's going to be that huge of a hit for the Pittsburgh offense. I mean, anytime you change quarterbacks, yeah, the offense overall is going to take a hit. But I don't think this is a case where all of a sudden you can't use any of your Steelers. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously the... The ceiling is lowered, and there was a possibility, and people were hoping that maybe he could finish as a top-five receiver this year. I think that's not going to happen now. Rudolph was respectable when he came in, 12-19, for 112 passing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so Juju's ceiling takes a hit. Uh, also, I think it helps James Washington, who Rudolph played in college with, that we saw have that report in the preseason especially with Dante Moncrief playing such awful football with so many bad drops. I think it gives Washington an opportunity there to step to the forefront. So uh, we all know, again, Vance McDonald was pretty good. You know, he was being targeted. And you also have to keep in mind, Rudolph came in in the middle of the game. They'll tailor the game plan more to fit his skill set in the weeks ahead uh, as Pittsburgh will uh, head on the road and play in San Francisco this week. Uh, San Francisco 2-0 on the road so far. Um, they've played well. The other big quarterback that went down with an injury, of course, is Drew Brees. Uh, he has a torn thumb ligament, so he's going to miss at least six weeks. He could not grip the football yesterday after his hand hit Aaron Donald. So he is going to have surgery. And, you know, it's Breeze. We're used to seeing him play every game. He barely gets hurt years ago when he had that shoulder surgery. So Teddy Bridgewater comes in, and he'll be the quarterback. And not very impressive yesterday uh, against the Rams. Now it was a tough matchup. You got Aaron Donald, that defensive line, and obviously tough to kind of change the game plan on the fly. But Bridgewater, I'm not a huge fan of Bridgewater. Uh, people get excited for him, and I'm um, just haven't really seen much. It's tough to kind of gauge off of yesterday. Uh, it was a very conservative game plan, but he didn't give the team a spark. You know, usually you see the backup quarterback come in, and sometimes there's a spark. We didn't see it there with the Saints. So the Saints, for the most part anyway, were Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Those guys are locked in. Again, their ceiling is lowered a little bit, but those guys will continue to get their targets. We did see Jared Cook get peppered with targets, although – he wasn't very good again, and it are, certainly hurts, you know, Ted Ginn, Traquan Smith. I mean, Ginn's not a guy you start every week. You shouldn't have had Ginn in your lineup this week. When they're on the road, he's just not as good. And now without Breeze, it's going to hurt him. So it's pretty much Thomas Kamara. Cook will be inconsistent, as most tight ends are. Uh, but the Saints, as we went over their schedule the next few weeks, it is manageable, and maybe they can stay in contention until Drew Breeze returns. When we come back, we'll go over more of the top headlines from week two as we continue with his full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. As we're wrapping up week two, still have the Browns and Jets tonight, but it was just a brutal, brutal week. And remember, everyone deals with some type of injuries, and it's easy to get discouraged. You could be 0-2 and think your team is done, but don't give up. I've seen teams go 0-4 and come back. I actually have a couple of 0-2 teams, and it looks bleak, but you keep fighting, and with all these injuries come more opportunities off the waiver wire. So we'll be here to help you at FullTimeFantasy.com. Uh, if you have any specific questions, ask them on the message board in the forums. Become a member today. You know, this is a critical time, and we want to help you. So if you use the promo code ROWNIS50, you get your first two months for the price of one. And again, it's very easy to get discouraged. And just don't understand that this has become a week-to-week game more than ever. And, you know, you kind of just, if you're in the 0-2 spot, you have to play it week-to-week. You can't stash guys. You know, you need to get wins now. Uh, If it's a total points league, like, you know, a high-stakes league, then it's different. You know, you got to just make sure that you get those points. And obviously the roster is a little bit bigger. But just... Don't give up and get discouraged because I think a lot of people do. Like, oh, I lost my quarterback. I lost this guy. Look, depends on your league. You know, there's a lot of leagues where people do roster two quarterbacks. But, you know, there, there could be some names out there. And, you know, we'll go through them over the next couple of days. They'll be on the waiver wire. And, again, if you have any specific questions, you know, ask them on the message boards and the forums. And uh, we'll get to you as soon as we can. Uh, but injuries, you know, usually injuries are a theme many weeks. There's some weeks where we don't get much. But yesterday was just a brutal day, especially when you have, you know, quarterbacks like Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees going down. Uh, it, it definitely is a deflating morning. And, you know, Drew Brees was a quarterback I stayed away from. I had him outside the top 15, which seemed kind of bold. I just was worried about the inconsistency that we get from Brees. But I did have Ben Roethlisberger on a couple teams because he went really late. And, you know, there were weapons, and it's a good offense. So I thought he could put up pretty good numbers. So, And we have a lot of quarterbacks that are just not performing well right now. You know, there's worry about Cam Newton, James Winston, Mitch Trubisky. So there's a lot of questions at the quarterback position right now. But uh, we'll help you get through it. Last night in Atlanta, Philadelphia, boy, did they get battered by injuries yesterday. A lot of players leaving the game for Philadelphia, and especially at the skill position. Deshaun Jackson, after his great week one, he left with a groin injury. Alshon Jeffrey left with a calf injury. Now, they're saying it's not serious. Doug Peterson said if it was an important game, they would have been able to go in there and finish it off. But who knows uh, if that is the case. So you're looking at the Eagles and their box score last night. Nelson Aguilar had the big game. He played over 95% of the snaps. And we've seen Aguilar have success before. Now, we've also seen him struggle. And if you were watching that game, 
he was wide open on the sideline for a potential game when he touched or at least go ahead touchdown late in the fourth quarter and he dropped it. I think he said he lost it in the lights or something, but man, that's a play that you have to make. Now he did make a play in traffic a little bit later on in the game to set them up and then Zach Ertz was stopped just shy of the first down marker to end the game. But you know, Aguilar could be a potential big free agent pickup this week. Again, depending on the status of Jeffrey and Jackson. And you know, unfortunately for some leagues, we might not get that opportunity. We won't know. So you really have to wait until the last minute when you're prioritizing your waiver wire pickups this week, because you know, a lot of, I know there are some leagues that run waivers Tuesday night, obviously at the fantasy football world championship, we do it Wednesday at 10 PM Eastern. So there's more time there. And you know, you, you can just kind of throw your bids in the queue and then wait until the last absolute minute till we get further news and then kind of, arranged the priority. But Aguilar, 11 targets, 8 receptions, 107 yards, and a touchdown. So he's going to benefit. Now, Matt Collins had 8 targets, 5 receptions, 50 yards. I still think J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is someone to look out for. Now, the box score doesn't tell the story. He only had 4 targets and 1 catch for 4 yards. But this could be a case of Demarcus Robinson. Not saying he's going to blow up like Robinson, but as we alluded to, in the first hour, and if you missed that, you could check it out on demand. Just go to podcast, hit subscribe, uh, for search full-time fantasy, hit subscribe. You know, last week, Demarcus Robinson was flying under the radar. And it was McCole Hardman who got the higher bids. And I'm, I was fine with that. But at the same time, when I put in my waiver wire bids, I make a long list. You know, some people only put like two or three. And you'll hear the top high-stakes players, and I've spoken with them and interviewed them on this show about that. They put in a ton, and I've always done that because even if it's you don't get your priority until number seven, you know that guy could be Demarcus Robinson for like 28 bucks. And if it doesn't work out, all right, fine. You took a shot in a high-profile offense, and it didn't work. Obviously, he had a big day. Now if Demarcus Robinson is on the waiver wire, you know how much he's going for this week? going to go for several hundred bucks, especially if someone is in dire need of a wide receiver. I mean, this is the Chiefs offense. And Robinson's not going to do that every week. We know that. But the odds are in the Chiefs offense, the likelihood is a lot more than the rest of the offenses in the NFL. Robinson's been in the league four years, and he's worked with Mahomes before. I've always liked Robinson. Now I talked about him two years ago, and it's never panned out, but now he's in a good spot. Now, McCall Hardman is too. Let's not forget Hardman was on the field a lot. Hardman also got targets, and he had a second touchdown of 72 yards taken away because of a penalty. So that's the Chiefs' offense. You want a piece of it. So uh, the Eagles' offense obviously is not explosive, but I I think they're pretty good. And I think Ortega-Whiteside maybe goes a little bit lower. Obviously, Nelson Aguilar is going to be the priority uh, but Ortega Whiteside could be a guy that is a little bit cheaper. And I could see, especially if they know all Sean or Deshaun's out, now they cater to the game plan more around him. I'm sure he wasn't a big part of the game plan before the injuries. It's like all of a sudden mid-game you have to adjust, and Aguilar obviously has been there, has experience. So uh, even though Hollins had the better box score, I think Ortega Whiteside could be the guy that becomes a, a potential sneaky pickup again because there's going to be a lot of players to add this week. And, Remember, there are teams that are in a real bad spot at the quarterback position, and that's going to be their focus this week. There's probably teams out there with Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Newton 
Drew Brees and Cam Newton, Trubisky and Brees. There's a lot of combos out there. I mean, somebody probably has Brees and Roethlisberger. I mean, they got to go to the waiver wire and spend money. They can't mess around. They can't throw in a cheap bid on a quarterback. So I think a lot of the money is going to be concentrated there this week. And some of these wide receivers at the lower end might go under the radar. And, of course, there's going to be more injury news. I, I, I said this last week. We will find out on Tuesday and Wednesday more players that are injured that we had no idea, that we didn't see them leave the field. And all of a sudden, Tuesday and Wednesday, yeah, this guy's hurt. So keep that in mind. And that's why you always have to wait to the last minute and look over your bids before you submit. And I understand people have busy schedules, families, and all that. And maybe if you're a waiver aware, deadline's 10 p.m., uh, you can't check it before. Try to do it, you know, especially if you're serious about this and you really want to win, and especially if it's a high-dollar league. You want to be as diligent as possible, and we could have a lot of news breaking today, tomorrow, and Wednesday with other players that are injured. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, again, with Mahomes still in the football, I mean, Robinson, Hardman, both of them uh, are pretty much going to be in play every week. Robinson had the big game this week, catching all six targets for 172 and two touchdowns. Hardman had four for 61 and a touchdown. But like I said, he had that 70-plus yard touchdown call back. If that counts, then he's right there with Robinson. So um, they both uh, get looks. And, uh, you know, they're going against the Ravens next week. And, man, they're both in play. I mean, I have a league, two leagues where I have Gallup. And in both leagues, I have McCole Hardman. He's probably going into the lineup this week. You know, that was, I kind of wanted to see how it played out this week before I throw him in there. Thought he was certainly a good, cheap DFS play. But wanted to see how it goes. And, you know, both those guys are in play. Obviously, Sammy Watkins had 13 targets, didn't have the big game. But every week in this offense, as explosive as they are, going to put up numbers when we return we're going to get to the Chiefs backfield there could be some changes there and we'll talk about some of the other storylines including the Texans backfield when we tell you it is full-time fantasy here on the fantasy sports radio network From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a busy Monday afternoon. So much to digest from week two. And you can find all my work, fulltimefantasy.com, as we have you covered. And we'll have an article coming out on what it means for Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger with the their respective teams, the Saints and the Steelers for their lineup. Uh, Dr. Otto has his week two uh, prescription notes up on the site. And, of course, any specific questions you can ask on the message boards and forums. So make sure you check us out today. Other things of note here from week two, we got to keep an eye on this Chiefs backfield because couple injuries yesterday. 
as LaShawn McCoy left with an ankle injury. He is going to have an MRI. The early indication is it's not that serious. Damian Williams left the game with a knee contusion. So we saw Darwin Thompson come in late. He had one touch. Uh, also, Darrell Williams would be in the picture. So, again, this is uh, it's going to be an interesting waiver wire period here. I think in a lot of leagues, Darwin Thompson might have been dropped. Now, it's really funny. His ascension, because he was rising, 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 going in the seventh, eighth round of high-stakes leagues. Then LaShawn McCoy was signed, and Thompson started to dip. In fact, he might have been dropped in some leagues. Maybe not in the online championship or leagues with the world championships with 20 roster spots. Now, maybe a team did. Obviously, there, though, people are kind of holding on to those running backs, knowing at any opportunity uh, a bigger role could evolve. And that's potentially what we're going to see with the Chiefs right now. But I'm pretty sure in leagues with 16 roster spots, Thompson was dumped in a lot of leagues. And, you know, in those formats, depending on what you had on your roster, it kind of made sense because. You know, his role, it was going to take injuries. Now, injuries could happen at any time. And as we've seen, there's been a ton of them. So, Dar and Thompson could be a hot waiver wire pickup. And that's why, like, today, giving people waiver wire priority, it's kind of impossible because we need more news before we kind of figure out, uh, you know, who are going to be the priority pickups. Because, you know, we had the good news on James Conner, but we don't know if he's going to play this week. So, that's a question mark there. Devin Singletary left yesterday's game late with a hamstring injury. And Singletary looks way better than Frank Gore, but they continue to go to Frank Gore. And Frank Gore has not been impressive at all. He has 30 carries for 88 yards, but they keep giving him the football. And he did have a touchdown. So it looks like he's going to get the goal line carries. It also looks like when they're playing from ahead, as they were yesterday, he's going to be featured heavily. I think it's just a matter of time. Now, it's worked. The Bills are 2-0. and They won both their games at MetLife Stadium, and they go home this week. So they might not change. But, you know, Gore, Gore's boring. It's all volume. Um, but he does become someone that you can probably start at least next week. Not that I want to, but, you know, he's in the picture, too. He could be out there, and they're home to the Bengals. The Bengals got carved up by the 49ers. I mean, they had three running backs get double-digit touches, so Gore could be in a good spot next week. Raheem Mostert, you know, he was mentioned last week as a pickup, uh, but he's still available in quite a few leagues. I mean, Mostert looked really good and, you know, had a touchdown on a reception. And with the way the 49ers run the football – you know, he's in play. He's definitely one of the big pickups, and I did get him in a couple leagues. I think in one of my leagues, he went for 251, which at first you're like, what? But looks good now, especially as long as Tevin Coleman is out. So there's a big pickup. So there's quite a bit at the running back position. Obviously, quarterback's going to be big. Uh, there's already a ton of wide receivers. Not as much as tight end, which is pretty bad position right now. But uh, it's going to be... Wait and see as far as the waiver wire priority this week because, again, there could be more injuries that are ahead. It was very disappointing yesterday if you are a Duke Johnson owner because it was a lot of Carlos Hyde, and uh, that's not what you want to see at all. 
Uh, Hyde had 20 touches. Duke Johnson had six. Uh, Hyde has actually looked pretty good so far. I'm actually surprised. He's got 5.8 yards per carry so far, and it looks like he is the preferred back. Again, the volume will be there, but he's going to be touchdown dependent. That's the biggest problem for him, and he didn't score yesterday, and he didn't even have a target in the game. He had 20 carries, 90 yards, and no touchdowns, so he got you nine points, which is okay, but He's not. He's going to have a low floor if he's not involved in the pass game. But Duke Johnson, it was even worse. Six carries, 31 yards, which is great. 5.2 yards a pop, but only one target and no receptions. Now, this was an ugly game, 13-12. to 12. Texans holding on to beat Jacksonville, who went for two late, and they really made a nice stop at the goal line on Leonard Fournette to preserve the one-point victory. But uh, it was just one of those divisional games where it was kind of ugly. Uh, Deshaun Watson didn't have his best game, 159 passing yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 5.5 yards per attempt. He was sacked four times. It's not what you expect. Uh, I know Jacksonville's defense can be good at times. They were it in week one against the Chiefs, but who is? Uh, but they had a lot of injuries on the defense side. Well, Jalen Ramsey, when he was on Hopkins, did a really nice job. Hopkins last year had double-digit points in PPR formats every game. This year... He already has one where he didn't reach it. He was close. Five catches, 40 yards, and eight targets, but they really held him in check. It was one of the more disappointing games. But, you know, Carlos Hyde is, I guess, in the conversation if he's going to get this volume, but very, very touchdown dependent. So uh, Duke Johnson becomes very, very dicey right now. He becomes more of a flex, and I I did like Duke Johnson. They gave up a third-round pick for him. I just thought that they were going to be more committed to him. And we saw we saw in college Duke Johnson handle big workload, but it seems like at least right now in the NFL, uh, these coaches don't think he can handle it. But we'd like to see him get more of an opportunity. So it was looking like he was going to be a really good RB two in PPR formats, and uh, now you kind of have to scale back a little bit and you know uh, assess the situation, maybe go elsewhere. I mean, the Texans are in LA to take on the Chargers next week, so I would think that maybe is a little bit more of a high scoring game. Um, Texas defense was not good in week one. And then they went against Jacksonville's offense yesterday with Minshew, who was shaky early on and got a little bit better as the game went along, uh, really either looking to run or kind of taking shots downfield. Man, the Vikings offense with Kirk Cousins was just terrible. I mean, Cousins had an inexcusable interception late in this game uh, in the end zone, thrown into double coverage, didn't need to make that throw. The Vikings offensive week one only had 10 pass attempts, but we know that they want to run the football a lot, and Cousins is just hurting, you know, Thielen and Diggs right now. Diggs did have a touchdown call back on an offensive pass interference, that rule that is being reviewed consistently now, and it's slowed down the game, and it's not great, but Cousins had 230 passing yards, one touchdown, and two picks. As Dalvin Cook continues to look great. I mean, people got him. Early second round have to be feeling really good right now. 20 carries, 154 yards, and a touchdown, and three receptions for 37 yards. Now, Thielen had eight targets and was five for 75, but Diggs only held in one of his seven targets. Fortunately, for those that played him, it was a 49-yard touchdown. Uh, But this offense has just looked really bad. And, again, I will say the first two weeks really feels like preseason for a lot of these teams. Because many guys did not play in the preseason. And I thought yesterday was an ugly, ugly day of football. So I think 
we still need to wait a couple more weeks before we really assess these teams. Uh, we have some data now to take away. And again, so it looks pretty bad for some teams in their quarterback situations right now. You know, Cam Newton, it's going to be a big week for him. I mean, he has not looked right when they're not. If he, I said it on Twitter, if he's not running, his fantasy value is pretty much shot. Because in a game where he did throw for over 300 yards, he didn't have a touchdown. So it was pretty ugly. And, you know, there are some things you can react to pretty quickly and understand and move on. But there are a few situations where, all right, it's two weeks. It's essentially the preseason. So I think we start to get a, a better picture this week and the next week. But obviously, we don't have much time for our fantasy teams. We're two weeks already in the book. And if you're 0-2, you know, you're looking to get that W this week. And uh, the Panthers do have a good matchup this week. They're in Arizona to take on the Cardinals. So... Cam's going to have the extra rest, and this is a big week for Cam Newton. If he doesn't show anything, pretty much, uh, you know, it's it's trouble there when it comes to uh, Cam Newton and fantasy. And I only have him in one league, and in that league I have Cam Newton and Dak Prescott, so it's an easy call. <laughs> Dak Prescott, especially this week going against the Dolphins, and pretty much every week for now going forward until we see uh, Cam Newton at least show some semblance of the ability to run. When you can't run him on fourth and one, you know there's a problem because that's a play that they usually run every single year with success. Ryan Fitzpatrick will start for the Dolphins in week three. And I tweeted this out yesterday. If you are starting any Miami Dolphins in fantasy, you better be in an IDP league. For those that don't know what it is, it's a league where you use individual defensive players. So obviously Miami's defense is going to be on the field a ton, which means more opportunities for tackles, sacks, and interceptions, even though they probably won't get a lot, but the tackles are big. But I don't see how you can rely on anyone in Miami right now. You know, the argument is, oh, well, they'll be playing from behind. They'll dump it off to Ken Drake. Nope, that's not working. Kalen Bellagio looks terrible. Devontae Parker didn't do anything. Preston Williams has been okay the first two games at a touchdown, but you, it, you, this offense is brutal. And you're playing your defense against them every week. I mean, in a lot of leagues, I saw the Patriots defense score 37 against the Dolphins yesterday. So, obviously, the Cowboys are going to be a big pickup this week if they're available. I did draft them or try to in every league because I like their schedule early on. They didn't really have a big performance fantasy-wise against the Redskins. We're going against the Dolphins next week. It should get a lot, lot better. Uh, also, the Giants have uh, not taken Eli Manning for the starter yet for week three, so that's going to be something interesting to follow here over the next few days. Lots more topics to hit the top storylines and what it means for your fantasy team when we continue on Full-Time Fantasy. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can check me out on fulltimefantasy.com. We'll have the fab article up tomorrow. My waiver wire article will be posted on si.com slash fantasy tomorrow. 
And, of course, Stockwatch and other articles this week. Dr. Roto has his prescription notes up on the site right now. And if you have any specific questions, whether it's ad drops, trades, you could ask them on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. Uh, let's continue to go over the top storylines here from week two. Again, a week filled with a lot of injuries, so there's a lot of work to be done on the waiver wire, especially if you have Ben Roethlisberger or Drew Brees, and maybe you have a combination of those two. It's uh, going to be a rough week, and uh, hopefully there's enough on the waiver wire for you to plug in the gaps. Uh, the Patriots obviously took care of business yesterday, although from a fantasy perspective, it was a little bit of a disappointing day. I mean, if you did use Sony Michelle, it worked out because he did find the end zone. But there was a lot of talk in the preseason about him being more involved in the passing game. But we haven't seen it. And that's, that was my big problem with Michelle. There's going to be weeks where he does nothing for you, like week one. And that's what makes him difficult in leagues in PPR formats. But, again, the Patriots are one of the better offenses in the NFL. And he is going to be the back that gets most of the touches. And uh, he did score a touchdown this week. But, again, not involved in the passing game. Uh, James White was very quiet. He did score a touchdown. Uh, this obviously wasn't the best game script for him with the Patriots winning easily and playing from ahead. So he had three receptions, 19 yards, and a touchdown. Antonio Brown didn't play a, a, a boatload of snaps, but they did get him the football when he was on the field. He had eight targets, four for 56, and a touchdown. But it, it hurts you know, Josh Gordon, who had two catches for 19 yards on five targets. Julian Edelman had four for 51 and four targets. So... There's just a ton of weapons in this offense. Now, Brady only had 28 pass attempts and uh, completed 20, but they do have a lot of favorable matchups upcoming, and they might not to need to you know, do too much offensively. So a lot of skill, talent here, but it, it's going to be frustrating from week to week trying to figure out who's going to get the football. And there will be weeks where several of those guys just don't produce to your expectations. But because the offense is so good, uh, a lot of weeks you're going to have to go with those players when it comes to uh, tiebreakers. Uh, the impressive performance of Lamar Jackson continued. And I know we talked about it in the first hour, and a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's a bad opponent again, but this is what you're supposed to do. And with Lamar Jackson, it's the throws that he's making. That's what you're looking for. And he made a great throw along the sideline late in the game to Marquise Brown on the sideline. Just a perfect throw. So he's definitely... Look better. And yeah, there's going to be tougher tests ahead. It's a big game this week with the Ravens and Chiefs. That should be a fun game as Baltimore heads into Kansas City. Mahomes against Lamar Jackson. That'll be the game that everyone talks about this week. But you're continuing to start Lamar Jackson. And a lot of people might have gotten him as a backup quarterback. And unless you have Patrick Mahomes, it's it's hard to sit this guy. And you know, if you did draft a Breeze Roethlisberger couple with Lamar Jackson, uh, at least you have Lamar on your team right now. 272 and two passing touchdowns. And after not running much in week one, we saw him on the ground. 16 carries for 120 yards. So another great game from Lamar, although not much on the ground for the rest of the running backs. Mark Ingram had 13 carries for 47 yards and two receptions for 30 yards. So... Uh, not what you expected from him. Mark Andrews continues to dominate. And there was talk in the preseason about how he doesn't play a ton of snaps. And there's other tight ends like Hayden Nurse and Nick Boyle. When it comes to tight ends, it really doesn't matter. As long as when those guys are on the field, 
they're getting the target. So I don't care if Andrews plays 40, 50% of the snaps. If he's out there and he's not blocking a lot, and when he's in the game, his primary goal is to catch passes, that's all that matters to me. It's the same with Vance McDonald when we heard before the year, oh, he's, on, he's not going to play much more than 50% of the snaps. I don't care. If he's out there and not blocking and going to be more of a receiver, that's all that matters. And we clearly see Lamar Jackson has an affinity for throwing at Andrews. And uh, eight receptions, 112 yards, and a touchdown, nine targets. I mean, you got to start him every week. I mean, it's the bottom line. Now, maybe you have Andrews in an upper-tier tight end. And then in that situation, you can make a trade because there's a lot of teams hurting at tight end. And anytime you have this type of surplus, you just go to a roster grid and you look at the team and look at their tight ends. And there's probably a team sitting out there right now that is in trouble at tight end, hates their tight ends. And usually they feel like they have to do something. And when that's the case, you take advantage of them. It sounds kind of harsh, but... You know what I mean. <laughs> you just know that and it's a, it's a mental warfare here. In their head, they know, oh, man, I can't go on this season with this tight end, whether it's Jabber Cook or, you know, someone like in the mid-tier. Like maybe uh, Olsen looked pretty good last week, so maybe the Olsen owner feels better. But, you know, there's teams out there that are not in a good spot at the tight end position. Uh, Delaney Walker was good the first week with two touchdowns, quiet this week. But there's a few people out there, maybe the Hunter Henry owner. He lost Henry, and maybe he went to the waiver wire last week, and there wasn't much out there. There might be people that have Andrews as their second tight end. I drafted him in a couple leagues as my tight end one, uh, and that's obviously worked out very well. Marquise Brown, it was funny when I heard people talking about only played 14 snaps in week one. It was ridiculous. They didn't need to play him. It was a 59-10 game. When you got a guy coming off a list rank injury and he missed a good portion of the preseason, didn't do much in the offseason, why are you going to push him? You got a big lead like that. He showed what he can do in that Miami game. He had two touchdowns over 100 yards. You take him out the game. There's no need to push him and exert him. This week, the game was close. We talked about it, that we liked Arizona getting 13 points. That was a ridiculous line this early in the year. Ravens are good, but 13 points. So, and Arizona played close. They only lost by six. But Brown played a much bigger role. 13 targets, 8 for 86 in this game. So I think he's in the wide receiver three conversation every week. And this week, going against the Chiefs, should be a you would expect issue because I just haven't seen anyone slow down Kansas City yet. I know they played Oakland and Jacksonville, but we saw Jacksonville's defense play better against Houston. It's just you're not going to expect the Chiefs' offense to get slowed down until we see it. So it should be a, a back-and-forth game there. So really, it's right now it's only Andrews and Brown in this offense that you could use for the receiver core. On the Arizona side, you know, Kyler Murray was probably on the bench for a lot of people this week, and it wasn't a bad game considering he went on the road. And the, the crazy part about this is the Cardinals didn't have the ball much in this game. I think the time of possession was like 22 minutes, and they still ran a lot of plays. You know, Kyler Murray attempted 40 passes, completed 25, for 349 passing yards. Now, he didn't throw a touchdown. He didn't throw an interception. And he hasn't really run yet a lot either. That's the one thing. Three carries, four yards. So you want to see that open up a little bit because a lot of his value and for why people expected him to potentially be a QB1 is because of ability to run. Now, we know he's going to pass a lot too. But uh, considering on the road against Baltimore, it wasn't the worst. Now, fantasy, not great because you didn't get the touchdown. But... Uh, I think you have to be a little bit more encouraged about Murray going forward. 
David Johnson did leave this game with a wrist injury. He did return. It wasn't a big game for him. On the ground, they barely ran. They had 11 runs in this game, and Johnson had 7 for 14. He did score a touchdown, but the more disappointing thing for David Johnson was he had one target and caught it for no yards. We saw in week one they lined him up wide a lot and targeted him. I don't know what happened here in this game. And, again, he did miss some time, but that that is something that has to change. They have to go back to what they did in week one. Christian Kirk, big game for him, eight targets, six for, for 114. And he clearly is going to be heavily targeted in this offense, as is Larry Fitzgerald, who, man, he's amazing. You know, I think we've kind of looked at his demise the last couple of years, and I didn't get Fitzgerald in many leagues. I think I only have him in one. And he actually, I drafted him as my sixth wide receiver in uh, an online championship league, and I, I don't even think I had him in the lineup this week. Uh Forgot who the receivers are. I think that might have been a league where I took Josh Gordon. I wanted to get one share of Gordon. And it doesn't look as good now, but uh, Fitzgerald's a guy I'm going to start over Gordon. Uh, and Fitzgerald's getting targeted heavily. 11 targets, 5 for 104. They do take shots to him in the end zone as well as they continue to run these four receiver sets. Demir Bird, 6 for 45 in this game. So I think you have to feel pretty good about that offense uh, going forward uh, for sure. The Lions and Chargers was an ugly game. Phil Rivers made a terrible decision late in the game to throw the ball into the end zone. Keenan Allen was double covered. Uh, and this is, you know, this is why the Chargers don't take that step up. I know they've had a lot of injuries, but Detroit's not a good team. And to go on the road and lose this game and only put up 10 was a major disappointment. Now, Austin Eckler continued to get the job done. He did fumble at the goal line, and we've seen that now. It happened in the preseason as well. Doesn't look like it's going to change anything. They continue to feed Eckler the football. 17 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. But more importantly, 6 for 67 in the passing game with 6 receptions. And that's what makes um, Eckler so important here. Uh, We did see Justin Jackson get 7 carries for 59 yards and 1 reception for 5 yards. Not someone you could start right now, but certainly worth someone keeping on your bench because if something happens to Eckler, we see Jackson go into a bigger role. Mike Williams, and these are always tough decisions every week. It didn't look good for Mike Williams most of the week. I thought he would not play. Then we got a report before the game that he was going to play, but probably limited to red zone opportunities. Now, he did have an opportunity to score. I think it was the first half. He was open in the end zone. He couldn't catch the pass. Then he had a 47-yard reception right before halftime. He finished 3 for 83 on five targets. Pretty much in every league I have Mike Williams, which is a lot, I did not play him. The, I only played him in one, and that was the uh, Scott Fishbowl because that is a league with 11 starters, no kickers, no defense. Uh, and I played Mike Williams over to Marcus Robinson, which might cost me a W, uh, depending on tonight's outcome. As my opponent has Odell Beckham, I'm done. But with Mike Williams, you know, you, you, the, these are tough decisions every week. And as always, I always give advice based on my teams. And I pretty much didn't start him because, you know, when it's dependent on red zone opportunities, you know, what if the team doesn't get there? What if they don't have a lot? What if he gets on the field and his knee doesn't feel as good? So there's, there are always risks. The same thing with Joe Mixon. You know, Joe Mixon was a case of, all right, he's active. I'm going to play him. And I don't have Joe Mixon anywhere. But I did, you know, I think for some people, uh, recommended Mixon. It depended on who you compare it to. I mean, if it's Mixon, Duke Johnson, those guys, you're going to go with Mixon. And look, there's going to be times where it doesn't work out, you know, because you just don't know. And really, that was a case of the Bengals just couldn't do anything on offense. They had uh, trouble 
running the football. But, you know, these decisions sometimes you kind of have to make a, a gut decision for yourself. I'll always answer and tell you what I would do. And I did bench Mike Williams in a lot of my leagues. I think it worked out for the most part. I mean, if you had to use him, 11.3 points in a PPR is not bad at all. You know, it's a serviceable day. So I don't think you can be that upset if you actually did use uh, Mike Williams this week. But again, you know, we get these reports, and a lot of them, sometimes they're not accurate. And uh, with Williams, uh, I'm going to try and find his. I, I haven't seen his snap count, so I want to look at that and see how many snaps he played to see if they actually did limit him. And looking at the data right now, Mike Williams played 62.6% of the snaps, played 41 snaps. So it's not too bad. I think you expect him to be higher. Uh, so, you know, it, it wasn't. An awful day if you did use Mike Williams. And maybe some of you just didn't have better options and you had to go with Mike Williams. If you did, PPR, it kind of worked out. And it really came down to the Hail Mary with a 47-yard pass down the sideline, which kind of salvages day. Otherwise, he really didn't do much. So we're going to have those tricky decisions every week with the injuries. And a lot of times, people like to play it safe. Well, when we return, we'll come back with any other breaking news and continue to go over the important headlines from week two of the NFL season. It is full-time fantasy. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here, full-time fantasy sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here for a couple more minutes. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at aron 88 And check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. Any questions, ask them there on the message boards and the forums, trades, waiver wire pickups, strategy, whatever it is. Don't ask start sick questions for week three on Monday or Tuesday or even Wednesday. We, we got time for that, man. All right? Be patient. Uh, Packers were an interesting story yesterday because people were worried about the Packers offense in week one. And as I've alluded to several times, it still feels like the preseason, that Thursday night game in week one against the Bears was disgusting. And, you know, after that Thursday night game, we did a lot of high stakes drafts in Vegas. And I had a draft that Saturday and Aaron Jones really fell in that draft. And it worked out for me because I started that draft with four wide receivers. I got Aaron Jones in round five. I was pretty happy about it. Now, obviously, I didn't start him last week knowing the outcome, but Aaron Jones is going to be fine. And you saw it yesterday. 23 carries, 160 yards, and a touchdown. Four receptions for 34 yards and six targets. And we did see Jamal Williams in this game. He had nine carries for 28 yards and also had three receptions for 13 yards. But Jones is going to get the bulk of the touches in this backfield. And now, Aaron Rodgers got off to a fast start, then slowed down, man. And a 6.1 yards per pass attempt. Uh, still doesn't, this office still doesn't look the same. And he did have two touchdowns. And, of course, Devontae Adams bounced back, as we expected. Seven from 106 on nine targets. And Geronimo Allison, who was dropped in a lot of leagues, did score a touchdown. Had four catches for 25 yards on five targets after not getting a target in week one. He did lose a fumble. And 
Marquez Valdez-Scantling was quiet in this one. Six targets, three, four, 19. So you might see those two go back and forth. So Adams is the guy you can rely on every week as well as Aaron Jones. And then Valdez-Scantling and Allison, you know, there'll be some weeks where it's one or the other. Valdez-Scantling, I think, is the better talent. But you will see a little bit of uh, Geronimo Allison, who obviously disappeared in week one and, and was dropped in a lot of leagues. So certainly can add him if he is available in your league, if you need some help at the wide receiver position. That wraps it up here. You can check me out fulltimefantasy.com as well as outside.com slash fantasy. I'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern as we'll help you out reviewing the Browns Jets and looking at the waiver wire. That wraps it up here. Hope you guys have a great night. Talk to you Tuesday.